Hey, all you listeners in the Los Angeles metro area, don't forget to close out your Sunday at Golden Hour, a weekly stand-up showcase and cookout hosted by myself and my dear friend M.K. Paulson at the new Cafecito Organico Roasting Company in Frogtown. With comedians from Comedy Central, Conan, Netflix, and Jimmy Kimmel Live, as well as recent surprise guest Jermaine Fowler and Maria Bamford, this is one of the most exciting comedy shows in Los Angeles. We'll have beer, hot dogs, coffee, and hot toddies for the fall season. That's this Sunday and every Sunday at 2902 Gilroy Street in Los Angeles at 7 p.m. See you guys there. Welcome to The Design of Everything, a podcast that uncovers people's creativity from all walks of life. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Berseth, and this is episode number 36. My guest this week is Dave Clock, an illustrator and screen printer here in Los Angeles. Now, before I get into the episode, I'd encourage all of you to take a look at Dave's work on his website, daveclock.com, or on his Instagram feed, at daveclock. I originally came across Dave's work because he used to create these awesome weekly posters for a long-running comedy show called The Meltdown, which took place in the back of a comic book store in Hollywood. While his posters didn't really have much to do with stand-up comedy other than the names that were on them, the surreal nature and absurdity of them was a pretty incredible fit. The Meltdown eventually became a show on Comedy Central and helped launch the careers of comedians Jonah Ray and Kumail Nanjiani, and it's where Dave got his start as an artist. It's a gig that he casually lied his way into and eventually led to future poster gigs for bands like Lord Huron, Interpol, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, and Foo Fighters. Now, Dave has to be... One of the most chill guests I've had on the podcast. And his approach to life and art are very similar in the sense that he just seems to go with the flow. He just takes the energy that the world presents to him. So this is my conversation with Dave Clock about the design of illustration and screen printing. clock and i'm a screen printer and illustrator and how long before you decided on screen printer illustrator uh i think until i had earned it so i think i was illustrator because i had been drawing way before i was screen printer Uh uh-huh and then screen printer i want i'd always wanted to say and then once i felt like i had done enough screen prints i just started tagging that on there and when was that what was that point 2012 Oh, very specific. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I, I think when I hit a hundred prints, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like you don't you don't finish your first open mic and you say touring comedian. <laughs> right. You know. Well, someone does and then you hear about that guy and you say, "I'm going to wait a year." You hit your first 100 open mics. Right. And then you say touring comedian people say, uh, Right, still. Yeah. Open micer. <laughs> right. So was it one specific work that sold 100 or you hit 100 hit 100 made? Okay. Which was since I was doing weekly posters it was probably around the two-year mark. Oh, all right. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, they were awful. You think they were awful? Oh, yeah. It was all quantity. But you sold 100. No, I had made 100. Oh, you had made 100. Yeah. Okay. If I if we, <laughs> if we if we had continued the uh, low-stakes tour of this place, you would have seen the piles <laughs> right, over, right through this wall <laughs> that posters. are pretty daunting. Well, what are you going to do with them? They keep the wall up. Oh, they keep yeah. they hold the wall up. If any interest like accumulates, this place is going to shit. <laughs> right. So what's the difference between an illustrator and a screen printer? Um there's a vast difference. It's kind of like um uh boy, I don't know. Too too early for good analogies, but uh I I draw and I print my work, mm-hmm. which is very rare. Uh, usually people will draw exclusively or print exclusively. So uh, there are a few people that do both. And there's an art behind both of them. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Wha- in, in it, so you draw something. Yeah. How does it work its way to screen printing? There's about 15 different steps to get from, like, this is the only thing in this room that's mine. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have the... Somewhere in this room is the original drawing. So and it's a so what we're looking at is a poster from that's the, the last ever the final bridge. poster for the last meltdown mm-hmm. comedy show and uh, you've got I guess how many colors? This is a four color print. Okay. So the the first step is blank piece of paper. <laughs> right. I know it seems crazy. A lot of people no, don't. That's the most the paper, daunting task, Paper is, is like almost out in terms of illustration. You just go straight oh, into the computer. Okay. I u- still use paper. Paper, pencil, and then ink it. And then ink it, take it here to the scanner. Mm-hmm. Scan it in, color it in here. And then that's where illustration ends. And then screen printing starts. Okay. Where then I take the colored layers. I print those off into films. And that's are, that's like the thing you squeegee, essentially? It's certainly a part of it. Okay. Uh, so then there are screens, physical screens, which are just like large windows, but the instead of glass, you have very, very fine silk screen mm-hmm. uh, of varying meshes, which is like DPI. Yeah. It's literally exactly like that. So you can get a low mesh, like 100 DPI. 100 mesh where you could literally see the fibers yeah the naked eye and then you go up to 300 for something detailed and it's like clear you yeah, can't see okay. anything at all only the ink gets through right but if you flick it it'll bust open oh they're okay. very volatile yeah you take those and then you wipe you coat it with photo emulsion which is a light sensitive almost snot based material it's gross Ooh, disgusting it's very disgusting <laughs> yeah. uh and yeah, it looks like a melted eraser. Mm-hmm. And you wipe it on there, and then it, that dries in a dark room. And then you 
take that film I was talking about that you print off on transparency mm-hmm. and you put that on the screen and then you blast light through it. Oh my goodness. And then the light that is stopped by the film, by the line work that you had printed off, that protects the screen. So the light hits the unprotected parts, the negative space, and then you wash that out and anything that wasn't hit, anything that was hit by light washes out. Anything that wasn't is baked into the screen. Well, that seems incredibly <laughs> labor intensive. Absolutely. So you do that for every color. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So so I guess in terms of your creativity, do you like having those limitations on color? I mean, I guess you're not limited on color, right. but I would think naturally you're like, I don't want to do 12 colors on this. If you can get it done with less, <laughs> right. you get it done with less. Like when I started, I was like, boy, I should really master this like many colors thing. Yeah. And then it was like, no, that's not the way. How many projects did that take? When you do One. it every week, you have all these crazy ideas and then you just smush them all out. Uh, yeah. But like all all of these posters in here that are done by many different people are all serving as very specific lesson reminders for whenever I start anything. Oh, okay. Like that big one right there, mm-hmm. that's a two-color print. It's just done brilliantly. So just for reference, Dave's office is filled with posters done by other artists. And the poster that he's referring to is done by an artist named John Wilcox, and it's for a movie called The Kings of Summer. If you type into Google Images, John Wilcox, The Kings of Summer, it's the first image that pops up. It's a scene of some kids in the forest. And like Dave said, look at the colors. There's only two of them. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you think it's many, many, many colors? Yeah, and is it because they they stippled it, basically? And uh, It's called half-toning. Less ink in certain areas than others. Right. Okay. Where it's still brown and green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you would say that there's at least six different shades of each. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. In terms of getting started in this field, where did where did you begin? I would say Meltdown. I had been doing designs for bands, but it was really going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then I started working for Meltdown in kind of a fluky way. Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Meltdown had just started. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners, Meltdown was a long-running comedy show. It ran for seven years, I think. Six. Six years, and it, then which became ended, a TV show. It ended one year ago last Thursday. Oh, okay, yeah. On my birthday. Oh. Was that sad? I didn't or even know. Sweet. <laughs> At the time, it, it was just a lot going on. And uh, I've still been sorting it out. I'm elated about how it ended. Mm-hmm. A year later, looking back on it. It ended perfectly. So how how did you get started? With uh, it? Okay, so I've told this story before, and it's, it always seems like a lie, but this is how it happened. I went to the second ever meltdown. Uh, my friend Jordan, who's a director, was showing comedy shorts at it. And he said, hey, I'm doing this show. It just started. Uh, my buddies are hosting it. You should come. And I went to it, and it was in the back of meltdown comics so it got the name of the meltdown mm-hmm. and uh 
he did his comedy shorts and it felt like an old punk rock show it felt like it was like hey like they don't even know we're throwing this like, like very diy yeah like word of mouth like yeah packing out this room that you know two hours later and before it was just completely empty mm-hmm. and it was something else um and i said to the host who was wearing a band shirt of a band i liked and it just felt like we had a connection we hadn't even harvested and i was like this feels like a punk rock show man you should get some gig posters for this which i've always collected yeah he's like do you make posters and i just went yep <laughs> he's like all right you, you should make them and i was like okay <laughs> yeah I was like, oh shit <laughs> i didn't um wait what do you mean you didn't i didn't make gig posters then. you didn't make no. gig posters really <laughs> yeah so you just lied i lied <laughs> uh but i worked for a record label that was me and just a couple other people where at the label they had the equipment to make posters like to screen print posters yeah. okay but it was made exclusively to make merchandise for that band sure so i was after hours kind of like teaching myself like all right here are screens like i had done it actually at a place in frogtown mm-hmm. uh i've been taught a few years earlier how to do it and i had forgotten completely and it was like all right I remember what this is and what this is. So I was making a ton of mistakes, but kind of like in the right direction. Yeah. Well, that's very, I'm sure it came out very punk. It was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like to go back and do that. Like people always ask, like, could you make it look like more punk and like fucked up? And right, like, right. All right. Yeah. I'll put in some time to make it look like I didn't put in any time. Yeah. But like, I still remember the first poster I did was one, a one color print that I had to reburn the screen 10 times. And then I printed 50 and got 11 out of that. Oh, you mean 11 good ones. 11 good ones. Yeah. And I didn't know what normal size posters were. So I literally was on the phone with the paper company trying to get paper made for it. And I was like, I don't know, 11 by 19. I was literally like... Making ghost hands like on the phone, like this feels right, and yeah, then like measuring. Like, How about tabloid? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like holding my hands and then like putting my hands over a ruler, like, all right, uh, this side. And I, I settled on eleven by nineteen, which eleven by seventeen is very standard. Yeah. Eleven by nineteen, no one, no one does that. <laughs> so I was making these extra hard to frame posters on this paper, and I got this paper that was mega thick. Uh huh. It was unbendable. Uh, so they were like these awful, like cumbersome. The paper company was like, you're stupid. Right. They're like, take this from us. No one wants this. (laughs) Right. And, uh. We've got these stacks of paper supporting our wall. So I've got (laughs) 39 junky ones of these, Mm -hmm. you know, that weigh a ton. And every week I was making more mistakes and more mistakes. And, uh, I just had so many of those. Yeah. Like to this day. Yeah. I mean, so how far into those six years did you hit your stride? Three years in. Three years? Okay. Three years in, I started like branching out in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And and was that all trial and error or yep. was it asking around other people? It was definitely a bit of both. Yeah. I made some friends with some really great printers it was kind of the thing where, like, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't know what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. I hadn't made the right mistakes, you know? So, like, 
after three years, I was like, why doesn't this ink lay down on top of this ink? And they were like, well, this one's acrylic and this one's water-based. And when one lays on top of the other, it wipes off like butter. Right. And, and you like, just slowly I back know. out of the room. <laughs> right. I'm like, I know it wipes off like butter. Why? Right. And they were like, don't mix the two. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, well, th- that's such a crazy thing to just kind of... Um, meander your way through a field maybe meander isn't the right word nope, but meander but kind of trip your way through because like i had mentioned before we started i've been renovating a cabin and i had some experience with this in the past yeah and uh in my past experience just having contractors come in and do certain things i'm like i didn't even know that tool existed right that's mind-blowing right like a stud finder where you're like every once in a while pictures stay up (laughs) yeah i knew about a stud right but but yeah just those tricks of the trade where it's just common knowledge to everyone else but did you ever make an error that resulted in something that was a positive like something that you did again on purpose yeah yeah actually i never thought about it but yeah i would smudge the film every once in a while mm-hmm. and it would make that desired distressed like oopsie moment yeah. and i was like oh i can do this on purpose yeah and not and then, be bummed out about it <laughs> right people look at it and go that's a clock right oh nice nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must have gone to grad school for this so what did you go to school for i went or to, didn't you i did go to art school okay but not for this i went to art school Kind of on a dare. Kind of on a dare. Well, I had, I, I after high school, I moved to Worcester, Massachusetts. Where were you from? I'm from Detroit. From Detroit, okay. And I uh, had the worst grades in my high school. Didn't know what I wanted to do. That was recorded. <laughs> they instead of like oh valedictorian, oh. they were <laughs> right, like and right. worst grades. Right, like the Razzies. <laughs> They're like, yeah. stay later. We're gonna <laughs> bump some kids out. Right. Guess whose parents didn't show up? <laughs> um, no, it was a small school, and it was almost like a popular knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was the only kid in my grade that didn't go to college. After that, I went to a uh a program in Worcester Mass that sets you up with uh an apartment and job interviews and it basically teaches this you This was live. work release <laughs> program. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they it's basically like hey, college isn't proven to be anything but a a financial burden. Yeah. You should just get to work. Yeah, you're like uh, the dude in Shawshank Redemption. You're bagging groceries, <laughs> going to your lonely apartment. What was it? Brooks? Brooks, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, it was very much like that. Dave was but here. They, the jobs are uh, a little more suited for your interests than Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, they hooked me up with a guy named Mike Myers who painted hockey helmets. Oh, okay. They were like, what do you like? And I was like, I don't know, music and art. And they were like, all right, this guy. Oh, and hockey. Hockey is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. They were like, this guy paints hockey helmets. And I was like, that makes sense. And my parents were like, that doesn't make any sense. Makes sense as in like, yeah, great job. They were like, yeah, you'll like that. Yeah. And you can't tell what you're going to get out of something. So 
it was the best. And you're supposed to have three different apprenticeships or internships over the year. Just to paint hockey helmets. Yeah. Wild. So I did that. I worked at the local newspaper. and I Oh, worked. oh, for this program, you had right. to have three. I thought you meant just to learn to paint hockey helmets. Oh, no, helmets. no, no, no. You had to do <laughs> yeah. three. I was like, oh, and this then is complex. 10 years in the woods. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's a small community, but they're hard dudes. <laughs> yeah. um, instead of um, pursuing those, I worked for Mike the whole year. Mm-hmm. And it was the best. And actually, while I was out there, though, my best friend back home was like, yo, I just got into University of Michigan Art School. If you apply and get in, we can be roommates. Oh. Like, that sounds like fun. I didn't know what I was going to do after that year. So I literally just put my sketchbook in an envelope. And I put like, I filled out the like the one sheet. I was mm-hmm. like, "Here's my biz, here's my transcript. Feel free to not look at it." And then they let me in. Moving backwards, though, uh-huh. were you always into drawing? I liked drawing. Yeah, that was it. But uh, enough so that you were doing it on your own. Like you know, you would kind of just be in your room drawing. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm still not like that people that are like yeah i just like fill up notebooks and sketchbooks all day i don't have a sketchbook mm-hmm. i just sit down to work and then when i'm done i'm done okay you need an assignment to yeah exactly draw. okay right. so but what you submitted to sorry what was the art school university university of michigan, michigan. okay ann arbor so you had a sketchbook of drawings yeah for mike for for the, for the for the hockey helmet guy so the whole sketchbook was hockey helmets yeah oh that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, ideas for clients that, you know, were like, I want like this on the side of my helmet, and I draw a few versions of that. Mm-hmm. That's it. And were those drawings crude, or do you just have a natural ability to see? I mean, no, if I look back at them, I'd be, I'd be bummed out. <laughs> they were not <laughs> okay. great. Uh, Yeah. I don't know why they let me in. I think they had a quota to fill. But you, uh, you got in. Yeah, they needed they needed more white guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we gotta fill our quota of white guys. Yeah, we stepped up our diversity <laughs> thing and, and then left everyone else in the dust. Uh, oh, and then I did that. I'm. I mean, I didn't crush art school or anything, and I didn't <laughs> learn screen printing. Uh, I got actually a performance art degree. Really? Yeah. Have you used it at all? Uh, no. No. Okay. I'm okay at public speaking. Yeah, but I haven't done that. So why, why move to LA then? What was the? Um, my brother lived out here. I hate winters. You can't argue with that. Oh, I hate winters too. Where are you from? I'm from Delaware. So you, you get it. Yeah. Yeah, six months out of the year. And I went to school at Penn State, which is even colder and snowier. And there you go. It's not great. It's not great weather. You literally don't need a reason beyond. I hear it's nice <laughs> yeah. to move to L.A., you know? Um, my brother was out here, but the I had a friend who was a director uh, who was like, if you move out here, you can write for my comedy show. Oh, okay. So you moved out here. Your plan wasn't with art right, at all. Right, at all. You no. were just like, the weather's nice, comedy show. Got I've got a small droplet of quality friends, and my brother... And a guaranteed no winter. Mm-hmm. What else would I need? I'm still kind of riding that train. <laughs> a very minimalist lifestyle. Uh, yeah, I'm easy to please. 
but then literally the like i know the exact week that the writer strike started because it was the week i was on the road out here it was oh you were driving out here to start your new comedy writing job and then that you had no qualifications I had no for. qualifications for it and i there's still no proof uh, people like you driving out <laughs> i never I, I guess i got the shot but the shot was never taken okay so that, the writer's strike happens you don't even get to write didn't pen get to, to write paper. moved in was unemployed he gave me he got me pa work that i bungled mm-hmm. like within 12 hours of putting my bags down i was working pa stuff for him and not knowing like hierarchy on set and just treating everyone the same yeah including talent and it was like him mouthing like, don't talk to that guy. Really? And I'm like, hey, like, you going to eat this? And then just like picking stuff off their plate. and just like, <laughs> uh, So that stopped. And then um, I just needed to pay bills. So I started touring with bands because those are the people I knew. Touring with bands in what capacity? As a, a roadie or a PA? Or? Tour manager, which is basically... For people who are responsible and don't like to party that much. Okay. And <laughs> did you know anything about being a tour manager? No, I learned that <laughs> on a phone call. This is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, you just have a series of things you're not qualified right. for. <laughs> I think... And then you show up and, and you're... I'm. If I'm anything, it's I'm, I'm never in any extreme. I'm the most moderate person there is. Mm-hmm. If I drink, it's two it's two beers, and they're deserved. Yeah, uh, you know I don't I don't like staying up late, so <laughs> I like waking up early. Those things are remarkable for people on tour. Yeah, you know everyone wakes up and I'm already like clicking away. You're on the organized. Keyboard. I'm like, hey, let's get out of here. I got the promoter on the line. He says we can d- load in early. What do you guys think? Yeah. Okay, I could, you got really on top of it. Yeah, why is Dave up so early? Because <laughs> yeah. I went to bed at 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were touring with bands and then uh, I assume that led to the record label yeah. job, yeah. which led to posters. Right. And your current career. Right. Yeah. And now I do that every day. And di- I, I guess... At any point, did you see all this stuff kind of coming together? I mean, the I assume the drawing and painting hockey helmets that helps with the poster design. Yeah. Well, what I've learned, I, I've never been a fan of planning. I think that limits a lot of what you can do. Mm-hmm. In what way? I've never had a plan and it's always worked out. Okay. All right. How's that? As in you just go with the flow. Yeah. You just keep doing the right thing. What do you mean by doing the right thing, though? Taking the next opportunity, meeting people, being nice, working as hard as you can. That's all. Working as hard as you can is always the right thing. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You, you know, because so, it doesn't matter who you are as much. Like when you put when you're putting out good work and like making people that you're working for happy. Wh- where are you going to ruin that? I mean, Larry David will ruin it. But like, <laughs> well, even sometimes when you're putting out mediocre work. If you're working hard, people in charge will appreciate that. Yeah. And if you're nice, mm-hmm. that fills, you know, that spackles over a lot of stuff. Okay. So let's get to the art. What? You get a, <laughs> you have, you get an assignment. Yeah. You have a blank piece of paper. Where do you come up with your ideas? 
I don't really have an answer for that. Um, I 100% of the time just draw what I like to draw and then sell it as a plausible idea. So if I like drawing wolves and you're coming at me with a comedy show, hey, what, what do you think you're about... You're getting a poster What do you think about wolves. some wolves? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Also, I'm in the position where if someone's coming to me, I feel like they know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. As in, it's going to be... It's going to look like I did it. Yeah. Well, I would say, just from seeing your posters, mm-hmm. it seems like... I mean, you look at them, and it's not abstract in the sense of, like, I can see that's an octopus. Right. I can <laughs> see that's a squid. That's a wolf, but they do seem very surreal and kind of dreamlike, and that's yeah. why I'm very curious about wh- where you're coming up with the ideas. I think it's just that I don't aim to do someone else's work. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone else is going to draw a wolf howling at the moon. I think you've already limited yourself to try to recreate an actual moment where you could just create that moment and be like what if there's 30 wolves and they're chowing down on that moon and at the center of the moon there's an egg and inside the egg is a bunch of rats well there you go i mean you just uh, have you ever drawn that no but okay. the night is young who knows what i'll do when you leave so is that the well n- unless someone <laughs> assigns you that right <laughs> probably go to bed i don't feel well <laughs> so i mean is that is that your approach in the sense of like, okay, I'm going to do wolves. Well, that leads to the moon. That makes me think of an egg. Right. Is it? Is it in, I guess it's kind of like dominoes and one thing just right. hits into the other. Once, cause, I mean, you start with an idea. Here, let's go with the dominoes. And it's leaning up against boring. Mm-hmm. You just keep adding stuff until boring gets knocked down. Oh, okay. You know? So you're like, someone says like, we're a band. We're called Monkey Paw. You're like, okay, well, I'm not going to go with a monkey. That's the first thing you're going to throw out. Yeah. But your name Monkey Paw, that's a weird visceral reaction. Like, ooh, Monkey Paw, that's something. All right, let's go. I like drawing elephants this month. Let's go with an elephant. All right, well, that's not exciting. What if it's an elephant on top of an elephant? Okay. What if it's smushing its back <laughs> and now the elephant is splayed out like a canoe. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, okay, is the canoe in the river? No, that's probably back to boring. Too obvious. Too obvious. What if it's in a river of bananas? Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Now we're back to the monkey. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, try something out. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing out of the question because the goal is to make it look visually exciting. And... Unless you stop short, you're just going to hit that. And other than the screen printing side of things, your drawings are very detailed. Thank you. Does that take a long time or is that something that yeah. it's just natural? And No, it takes a ton of time. How long are we talking for that 11 by 19 post? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a week. A week, okay. Mm-hmm. A week right here. And is it agonizing? Nope. No, it's just I uh it's agonizing if you want to hang out. Mhm. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. But 
I love what I do. Um, I get to listen to music or podcasts, and I have two monitors because I watch whole series in a day. Right, right. Uh, Just while you draw. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm that weird guy who's who lives the if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. I was gonna ask if it even feels like work. Um, no, until you slack and then your deadlines catch up mm-hmm. and the bile starts pumping. Have you experienced that? I'm having it right now. Oh, you're having it right now? I've had the flu for nine days. Yeah. And I've blasted through an entire... Today was the first day I left my house for a non-doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And I have posters that need to be in Seattle a week from yesterday for something that I was supposed to draw 40 hours minimum last week, and I didn't stand up last week. Oh, no. So I'm starting when you get in your car. <laughs> right. And I won't stop until I'm overnighting them Friday afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, well, I guess under deadlines like that, do you always rise to the occasion? Like, are you excited about it, kind of? Yeah. I just don't want to ever put out work I'm not proud of. Because mm-hmm. it stays out there. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's, it's going to be on someone's wall. Yeah, it's going to be on someone's wall. It's going to be on a website. It's going to be on the internet. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> well, I, I have work that I'm really not proud of, and I do a lot to make sure no one has seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the worst. It, I do more self-non-promotion than I do self-promotion. Well, maybe some young some young <laughs> kid in Worcester, Mass, is painting hockey helmets and thinking... Ah, how do I get to be a, be an artist in L.A.? And he's got to see those steps that you took. It was a, yeah, I mean, it's recent, though. <laughs> I just oh, I, I bit off more than I could chew. And the final product is, I don't know, a ball of barf. What do you what do you cud? A ball of barf. what do you say when you don't finish chewing something? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it could be the chaff, too. Chaff. Yeah. It's, there you go. It's the leftover trash. But do you think that? Part of part of those failures is just leading to you and your growth as an artist. Don't you think like right now you'll look at these posters that you send to Seattle next week? Yeah. Ten years from now, you're gonna say, Ugh, what <laughs> yeah, was defi- I doing? Definitely. But this was I'm for all uh learning being done in the process, mm-hmm. but not in the product. Okay. What do you mean by that exactly? Learn while you're doing it so that the final step can be something that is clearly an educated maneuver. Uh, okay. As in re- while you're working, say you got a week-long project, refine, 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 refine right. until the Stumble, deadline's there. Yeah. Stumble in the middle. And have you hit any artist block? Do they call it artist block? Yeah. I, I don't really. No, never. Not really. Uh-uh. I was doing a poster a week for six years. I feel like I just have a lot of blood in that lobe mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth. I mean, well, that seems like a pretty remarkable output. Yeah. And I was doing two posters a week, to be honest, because Meltdown didn't pay the bills. It was a lot. Yeah. And so the what was the second one for? Anyone that I would get. 
Oh, freelance. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Lots of local comedy shows, bands, band art, you know, concerts. You know, a dentistry practice in Truckee. A California. dentistry practice. Yeah, they need like a new logo. Sure. And when they get something, they get your uh, your banana canoe, <laughs> elephant banana canoe. Are they like Dave? Um, <laughs> we we're thinking like something tooth related. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the two thirds. You're gonna get the banana. <laughs> hey. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not all, they don't all go out of the park. Yeah. Well, was that a learning experience for you of figuring out who to take on that's as the, a client? That's the lesson. Mm-hmm. Rather than, <laughs> I didn't learn to be more versatile. I learned to be more specific with my clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm very honest with people now. They're like, hey, we love your work. Will you draw... Uh, my family and i'm like well you you haven't looked at my work because you can scroll down for three years and i haven't drawn anyone's family right you know? unless you look at it in a it's very a family abstract of way right <laughs> uh i'm like so no i can't and i'll save you any response mm-hmm. i'm the wrong guy for this i mean you said you needed the other jobs to pay the bills yeah luckily i from touring i had known a bunch of bands Mm-hmm. And just between album art and shirts and posters and stuff, I was able to continue being weird and, you know, doing my job properly. Regarding kind of your style, is there a screen printing and illustrator community in Los Angeles? And how much overlap is there between like your style and say someone else's? Um. Los Angeles, for as big as it is, is a pretty paltry community. Um, you go to Chicago, and it's every third person screen prints. Mm-hmm. I think it's just easier to get a warehouse space. Oh, in Chicago? Yeah. Oh, that kind of surprises me. It's unbelievable. Within one building, you'll have three or four screen printers. Yeah. Out here, I print with two people that I know that print, and I think I know three other people that print in L.A., Mm-hmm. Um, it's just real tough to maintain and you know keep a home and a shop out here. Tough in that having enough business or just financially. Financially, okay. Yeah, we print in South Central at Crenshaw and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And other than if you get any closer to here, you're going to be paying thousands of dollars. And if you don't mind me asking, what is your main revenue stream? Illustration. But but I mean, who are the clients? Is it still bands, comedians? Bands. Okay. 90% bands now. Really? All right. Yeah. And do you like working with bands? I love working with bands. I love working with some bands more than others. In yeah. what way? There's some bands that literally write me and say, we need three posters for these three shows. They're four months away, which is a dream. Uh, we trust whatever ideas you have. Here's the info that needs to be on the poster. Can't wait to see yeah. what you do. That's the best. Uh, turnaround time is the best. Comedians are awful with turnaround time. Oh, the worst. The worst. Hey, you knew you had the show. <laughs> Why are you asking me two days before it to do a poster? You've been planning this for a month. Write me then. Yeah. And we can talk. <laughs> a lot of comedy festivals writing hey comedy festival several months away 400 comedians on it we've got 75 dollars 
with your name on it if you want to do the poster. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, 75 bucks. Okay, so if I spend a week on it, that's about 90 cents an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty right. good. If I dial back any eating and I move out of my place, I can net a couple bucks on this. Mm-hmm. It just it becomes unreasonable. Well, so I've interviewed uh, I interviewed another artist who works with acrylics, and she does, you know, pretty large scale pieces, but they're singular pieces. But you're doing something that you can, on a certain scale, mass produce, right? And then sell, ideally, ideally. And how, how much thought do you put into that end of things? Of like, okay, I want to sell T-shirts, or I want to sell. Whatever, whatever you can yeah. screen print tote bags you gotta get those tote bags you do there. gotta get those tote bags that's a lesson <laughs> you gotta get those tote bags um the beauty of working with bands is that if they've come to you to make x amount of things that means they're confident that they'll sell x amount of those things mm-hmm. and all i have to do is give them something that can maintain the confidence that they'll move those things so being an illustrator and a screen printer I'm like hired twice. Oh, okay. You know? So I'm like, all right, it costs X amount for me to draw this, X amount for me to print this. And then I give them to you at what I think should be about a third of the price you should sell it. Mm -hmm. So you only have to sell a third of them to make your money back. And then you're bringing in money. Right, right. And my name and my work is getting out there without me doing any extra work yeah so it's like i'm printing i'm getting paid to make business cards for myself and you're doing all the work of touring mm-hmm. and have you experienced times where a poster or something got out there and then you get a call from a new client where you're just like you saw which you right. saw that one i can't believe you saw that one but great yeah, just with like different genres. Mm-hmm. I started working with this band, The Dirty Heads, who are, in no small amount of words, just a white reggae band. <laughs> yeah, perfect white <laughs> reggae band name. And I have never worked with a band, even one or two genres adjacent to that. Mm-hmm. This was completely the genre. They are by far the best clients I've ever had. They're the nicest dudes. Every idea I have, they're like, that's a great idea. Roll with it. The posters always sell completely out. Really? And they keep coming back, and they're the greatest. And when I get emails from them to make work, I'm like, yo, I'm so pumped to open this email. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I don't design for the white reggae crowd. I just draw whatever I want. And then they play music that I guess works with it. They play music? People smoke a lot of weed and they're like, that's and a they rad sell poster. Out huge venues. <laughs> yeah. They sell they played Red Rocks and oh, sold okay. it out and played like multiple nights. Yeah. So how many posters are you making for them when they're they're doing Red Rocks? Two hundred and fifty. And I did um recently some Interpol posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw them. I had never heard Interpol. And I did the poster while listening to Interpol for the first time, even though I, I, the idea I had for it, I drew before I had heard the band. Um, I had heard that they were difficult to work with, just in the sense that they knew what they wanted, but didn't really articulate it. 
which is a, a common phenomenon with design work. Yeah. I don't know what I want till I see it. That whole yeah. thing. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Because once I've started working on your project, the clock is ticking and the amount of time it takes for a band to get back to you is insane. Mm-hmm. But I submitted one idea. They approved it. And those posters sold out before the band started playing. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's a nice feeling. Yeah. And I had like a contact that was like, they're sold out. Band hasn't even started yet. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if they didn't like that idea, that would have been a Dirty Heads poster. <laughs> right. So, like, when you get a new client, do you ask them questions about, like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Or, you know, from a design perspective, what what type of questions help you, I don't know, give you constraints for what you should draw? I, I that's something I've learned more than anything is ask the right questions up front. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's leave nothing to guess work here. Yeah, because it's going to be a nightmare for you on the yep. back I don't, end. Because by the time I'm drawing, that's effort put towards the final. Right. It's not just this nebulous, like, let's pause time and just talk about, let's push some sketches back and forth. Uh-uh, you're on the other side of the country. I'm in here. I feel like shit. Yeah. Let's get this figured out. It's like, show me posters you like, because subconsciously that's what you want me to draw. Show me posters I've drawn that you like because that's the style you want me to draw. That's what you're expecting me to draw. But I might be thinking of a different poster and I want to draw like that. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite colors? What are things you don't like? Yeah. You know, um, which of your own art have you liked in the past? You know, let's get in there. And then I'll tell you like up front my first ideas. And if you're like, those sound cool, then I'll keep going with it. If not, take a breather, figure it out. Right. Ask more questions. Got to keep asking questions because I'm like, let's do let's get let's get let's make the first attempt be the right one. Because if I'm drawing it and I send it to you and you're like, change this and this and this, that could be a a redraw. Yeah, of course. And you got to start over. Right. (laughs) That's wasted time. (laughs) You're just slamming your head. Right. That's a phone. That's a a three cents an hour. (laughs) Exactly. That's a three sentence vocalization versus eight hours of work i'm erasing right in the time it could have taken you to be like well we definitely don't like dogs (laughs) you know hey that's a nice dog but we hate them yeah mark and our band got bit by a dog every day last month so we're gonna do no dogs yeah all right well my like i said my idea was 30 dogs so it's just real good to get on the same page yeah starting that sketching process with confidence that you were going to draw what they like like with dirty heads is the best mm-hmm. i'm about today i'm about to start drawing for this death metal band an idea that i'm pumped on but i'm like is it scary enough <laughs> so i have to like be like is it scary enough and is there a line where it's like too scary and people won't buy it gonna find too out too scary no not for death metal right that's what it's i'm thinking black and red right <laughs> It's it's gonna be black and red and gold. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm doing statue. Of, it's a Halloween show for a death metal band, and I'm gonna redraw Bernini's David, which is like the the normal David statue, mm-hmm. but he's a little more twisted, like he's trying to swat something off his shoulder. In his rippling in his chest, I'm gonna have some cracks in the sculpture, and there's gonna be gold worms coming out of him. And then from behind him, there's a silhouette putting a uh, pumpkin on his head. So the turning is him, like... 
seeing that pumpkin seeing coming that pumpkin out of his coming head. Out, and, and his head's going to be this big pumpkin. And it's going to be rotting, and there's going to be worms in the pumpkin. So where, wh- I mean, where do you get the inspiration for that? You're like, uh, Bernini's David <laughs> Death Metal. Perfect. Let's I start like drawing. I like drawing statues. I like drawing worms. I like drawing pumpkins. Literally just like magnet words. All right, let's put, yep, yep. These, put these three together. There you go. And how long did it take you to come up with that? I've uh, had a fever for nine days. Yeah. Not long. <laughs> You've been hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to I had to X out 45 ideas before I got to that one. Okay, all right. But all I have right. a lot of backup ones. I was gonna sh- I was just going to draw, I was going to do a spin on the death metal poster where it was just a car crash. That's it. A really, like, spend 40 hours drawing just a car crash because uh-huh. it's really the most terrifying thing possible is an actual vivid car crash before the police have come. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think worms uh, spilling out of your gut is pretty terrifying as well. But that's you got to take that leap, right? Right. Just seeing like a sunny day, and then the bottom twenty percent is a car crash. Mm-hmm. Maybe like on a highway where there's no one else around and there's no police. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's dark. What if I just did that? I drew just two cars. One has clearly like skidded way out of the frame. And then one is like on its side. And maybe you see a limb. Did you pitch this idea? Only in my head. The I've been de- alone <laughs> in bed for a week. The death metal band. And then like, uh, we don't <laughs> like car crashes. And then it's a blue sky and there's the sun. And over the sun is the band's name written in an illegible death metal font. Yeah. That's a dream poster. Okay, that is Dave Clock, and that is the episode. I will be putting up a little bonus episode with Dave later this week or early next week, so check that out. Hit the subscribe button so you know when it's posted. Thank you all for tuning in, and I want to thank Dave especially. As he mentioned, he had had the flu for nine days and was just slowly recuperating, so I really appreciate that. If you want to show your appreciation to Dave, you can follow him on Instagram, at Dave Clock. Also, you can go to his website, check that out. If you want to hire him, are you a band? Do you have an event coming up? Maybe he could make a poster for you. Pretty awesome work. Also, while you're on Instagram, you can follow the design of everything and me, Kyle Berseth. You can also go over to the Facebook page and like and share the design of everything. I know that helps. I know there's an algorithm calculating it somewhere. But I don't know how it works, so go ahead and do that. But most importantly, thank you to everybody that's been spreading the podcast by word of mouth. It's been growing every single week, much to my astonishment, so I really appreciate that. If you know someone that would like a certain episode, they have a certain interest, share that episode with them. If you know someone that would enjoy a lot of the episodes, share the entire podcast with them. It means so much to me. And finally, if you live in the Los Angeles area, like I said at the top, come to Golden Hour this Sunday and every Sunday. Stand up, beer, hot dogs. What more could you want? All right, that does it for me. And until next week, treat yourself to a little creativity in your own lives. <laughs>